0: The Finding Clarity podcast is a podcast ministry of the Kerwinsville Christian Church, where we seek to answer questions that you might have about Christianity and the Christian life. So each week, we put together a podcast where we are trying to maybe answer some questions that you're wrestling with, and you're not really getting the answer in church, maybe in Sunday school, or in a morning message, or even in a Bible study, and so we try to answer those questions here. And in particular, we have been answering questions over the last few weeks with regards to the issue of drifting away from the Lord, because we're seeing that happening in our churches and even in our own lives. And so we've been trying to address that issue. And so today we're going to kind of wrap it up with one final question, because everything is pointing to this issue that we're going to be talking about. In fact, you've maybe heard this as a solution to the issue of drifting away from the Lord. And so we're going to talk today about revival. And you say, well, George, I already know a lot about revival. They talk about it all the time on the Christian radio and so forth. Yes, I understand. Revival is a very common topic and you and I are often called to pray for revival, especially praying for revival in America. But today's question, we're going to go a little bit more in depth with our question in the sense that we're going to look at what the scripture says about revival. So here's the question we're going to wrestle with today, okay? We're going to wrestle with what is biblical revival? What is biblical revival? We have a concept of revival, but sometimes our concepts of revival are not necessarily right. You say, what do you mean by that, George? Well, I'm going to give you, before we look at this question, I'm going to give you three misconceptions that you and I may possibly have about revival. In fact, I'm just going to be honest with you, at one time... I had these misconceptions, I was taught these misconceptions, but they are misconceptions about biblical revival. You say, well, what do you mean misconceptions? Well, let's take a look at them. There's three of them. Number one, typically when we hear people saying we need to pray for revival, bring God back to America, here's what the first misconception about revival is. Revival will clean up our society. Revival will clean up our society. Now, what I mean by that is this. Typically, when you hear people talking about, in church world, about we need revival in America, it usually comes as a part of a conversation where they're looking at the moral collapse that's happening around them in American society And they feel that the only solution to the way the society is going in its morality is if we have revival. As if revival is what we need in our society. Well, that's a good thing to want to have happen. However, that's not biblical revival. What do you mean, George? Well... Revival has to do with God's people. That's what you and I need to understand. Revival in the scripture, especially when you look at revivals that take place in the Old Testament, it has to do with God's people. In that case, Israel. When you talk about revival in today's world, you're talking about it having to do with God's people, the church. So when you talk about revival, revival isn't necessarily going to clean up our society. It's going to clean up the church, but it's not necessarily going to clean up society. So that's the first misconception. Number two misconception, and again, this is tied to the first one, but again, it's separate, is that revival will restore our culture. Revival will restore our culture. And typically, when you hear somebody say that, they're thinking in terms of, again, they're looking at the moral collapse that's happening around them, and they think that revival will bring the, the culture, the society back to a certain point where it was maybe 20 years ago or 50 years ago. The problem with that thinking is, is I can remember 20, 30, 40 years ago, the church saying at that time that we need to have revival because of the moral collapse of society. So I'm just trying to tell you that when we talk about restoring, it's not restoring the culture back to anything because the culture has always been corrupt. It's probably just more corrupt now than it's ever has been, but it's not talking about restoring the society or the culture back it's talking about restoring the church back to what it should be all right then here's the third one revival will make our culture like the church revival will make our culture like the church now this is a pretty pretty much a stretch because we we are assuming that right now, the church has its act all together. And that when we look out in the world and we see the collapse of morality in our society, we think that if revival comes, it's going to bring the culture back to where the church is. Well, the problem is, is that the church isn't where it should be either. And again we're, again, we're only talking about revival taking place among God's people, not in a society as a whole. Now you say, what, what does it take for society to change? Well, that, my friends, is called a spiritual awakening. And that takes place when God's people are revived, they're brought back to life in their relationship with Christ, and they have an impact in their society, and large numbers of people come to Christ for their salvation that is a spiritual awakening that's what we should be praying for with regards to our culture now having said that let's let's move our discussion away from the misconceptions about revival to let's talk about the nature of biblical revival the nature of biblical revival And so I have several things I want to point out here, but first, let's look at a passage of scripture from one of the major prophets, Ezekiel, where he describes God reviving his people and why he does that. And this is one of many passages throughout the Old Testament where it talks about the people of God being revived. So we're going to look at Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 24 to 28. And listen to what the Lord says. For I will take you from among the nations, gather you out of all the countries, and bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues. And you will keep my judgments and do them. Then you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers. And you shall be my people and I will be your God." Wow, what a powerful description of the future revival that will take place among God's people, Israel, when Jesus comes back. But this is also a picture of kind of what happens with biblical revival in God's people now, the church, and what we should be praying for. So let's take a look at five things about the nature of biblical revival so that we understand what we're seeking. First one is this. Biblical revival concerns the people of God, not the lost. It concerns the people of God, the church, believers, Christians, who truly have trusted in Jesus Christ as their Savior. Not unbelievers, the lost. Why? Because revival means to bring back to life. It means someone who had life who lost it. So it's, it's describing a spiritual condition of somebody who was alive, who allowed their life to go in a wrong direction, and now they need to be brought back to life again. And that's describing where believers are at, in that they are drifting away from the Lord, The things of the Lord are no longer important to them, they, their lives are marked by sin, and they need to be brought back to life. So that's what biblical revival is. Revival is bringing God's people back to life. You say, no, what about the lost? The lost, my friends, don't get brought back to life. They're introduced to life through the gospel so that they can have that opportunity to receive life by coming to Jesus in salvation. Here's the second thing. Biblical revival is an event where believers turn back to the Lord with the help of the Holy Spirit. It's an event. It's something that takes place where believers turn back to God, but they don't turn back to God in their own strength. They turn back to God with the help of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings them to the place of where they turn back to him, because in and of their own strength, they have drifted away from the Lord, and they need the Spirit to guide them to that place of revival. Here's what happens in revival. Here's the third thing. In revival, believers confess and turn from their sins. It's called repentance. Here's what happens. In revival, when we get right with God, we confess our sins. We no longer hold on to them because the fact of the matter is, folks, when we're not walking with him, we're holding on to sins in our life, but we don't just confess them. We just don't acknowledge them. We change our minds about them and turn from them. That's what repentance is. That's what repentance is. Here's the fourth thing. In revival. Believers seek the renewal of the Holy Spirit in their lives. See, what happens is, is when you've drifted away from the Lord, you've quenched the Spirit, as the scripture says. You've grieved the Spirit. Why? Because of your sin. And so you're not seeing the blessing of God in your life anymore. You're not sensing the leading of the Holy Spirit in your life. So in revival, you're seeking the renewal of the Holy Spirit in your life. And here's what happens when you're revived. Here's the final point I want you to see about the nature of biblical revival. Being spiritually renewed, believers become witnesses to the reality of Jesus in their world. When you and I are spiritually renewed, we then become Active witnesses that it becomes out of our life naturally. We become active witnesses to the work of Jesus to the world around us that needs Jesus. You say, Okay, George, obviously, this is something I need. So, what do we do to get revival? What do we do to get revival? biblical revival not not trying to clean up our culture because we got to first clean up our own lives we got to clean up where we are at how do we how do we bring this about what do we do well three things okay number 1 pray for biblical revival in your life and in your church did you hear what i said pray for biblical revival in your life and in your church cuz here's the thing You've got to go beyond just, oh, God, bring revival to the church. No, no, you've got to start with you. You've got to say, God, I need revival. I'm not where I should be. Start with me. Lord, bring revival to my life. And God, bring revival to my church. And if you really want to go beyond that, God, bring revival to all of the churches. Bring us back to you because we've drifted away. First thing. Here's the second thing deal with the sin in your life. So I'm not just going to pray for revival. I'm going to respond to the Holy Spirit because here's what happens. When you and I pray for revival to take place, God's Spirit is going to reveal to you the things in your life that are quenching Him, that are grieving Him, and you need to deal with those things. And so you need to deal with the sin in your life. Well, how do I do that? Well, let's take a look. Revelation chapter 2, verse 5 Jesus, talking to the church at Ephesus, gives us some pointers as to what we can do to deal with the sin in our lives. Listen to what he says. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent, and do the first works, or else I will come quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. What do we got to do? Well, first of all, remember when you were walking with him. And remember, the reason why you are where you're at is because of the sin in your life. So deal with that. Repent. Turn from it. Deal with the sin in your life. Now, here's the third thing you need to do if you and I are going to see revival in our life and maybe in our church. Pray that you will be filled with the Spirit of God. Pray that you will be filled the spirit of god ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 says and do not be drunk with wine which is dissipation but be filled with the spirit we are commanded to be filled with the spirit now having said that immediately somebody's going to be concerned well wait a minute george i see some crazy things on tv and people are saying that this is happening because they're being filled with the spirit i don't know if i want that i'm telling you folks that's not what it means to be filled with the spirit look at what the scripture is saying here And do not be drunk with wine. You ever been with an alcoholic? What controls an alcoholic? The the alcohol, the wine, the beer, the booze. And so Paul is saying here, don't be like the alcoholic who's controlled by the wine. Rather, you as a believer... Be filled with the Spirit, the contrast there, that you be filled with the Holy Spirit, the person of God in your life, and allow him to guide you and control you. That's the issue. It's not having some wild, crazy experience. It's having God be in control of your life rather than something else being in control. So you need to pray that you would be filled with the Spirit of God. What's biblical revival? Folks, it's simply this. God's people recognizing where they're at and that they need something far more than what they're experiencing right now. They need God to show up in their lives again. And they're asking God to show up in a mighty way as they turn from their sins and as they turn back to God. And that's what we need, folks. That's what you need. That's what I need. That's what our church needs. And that's what we need to be praying for. Finding Clarity Podcast is that opportunity to answer questions that you might have about Christianity and the Christian life. And you're sitting there and you're listening and you're saying, oh George, you know, I've got some questions, how do I get them to you? Well, there are several ways that you can get a question to us. If you attend our services here at the Kerwinsville Christian Church, you just simply need to write your question out, throw it an offering plate, the guys will get it to me. Or you can give it to me personally or come and talk to me personally. By chance, if you're listening to this and you live in the Clearfield County area and you don't have a church home, we would invite you to come to the Kermansville Christian Church and learn about Jesus. Service starts on Sunday mornings at 1045. You don't have to worry about how you dress. We're a come-as-you-are church, and we would encourage you to come and learn about Jesus. You can also reach us through Facebook. Just simply go to facebook.com slash FindingClarityPodcast. We would encourage you to like the page so you can keep up with what's going on at the podcast. But you can also direct message us through the page or write your questions on the wall. And we'll be sure to get them and take a look at them and maybe answer them here on the podcast. You can also contact us through our church webpage, page, Simply go to the contact page. You'll see a form there. Fill it out, submit it, and we'll get your question. Next week, we're going to leave this whole discussion of drifting away from the Lord and revival aside now, and we're going to go back to some normal questions that have been posed that we're going to try and answer here on the podcast. So next week's question is something that I was asked that is very relevant because People hear about it all the time, and they wonder, what does the Bible say about that? Well, we're going to talk about ghosts next week. Spirits, spirit beings, are they real? So here's the question. What does the Bible teach about ghosts? What does the Bible teach about ghosts? Until next week, take care.